Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts. Chris Schubert floating around producing this thing and floating around as well. Sam Russo. God, what is he even doing here? But uh, continues to be here on the podcast every day. And uh, we just like to make him mad, I guess, uh, with, with some of our, our sub mentions of, of Sam. But anyways, we're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They've got it all. Football, baseball, tennis, combat sports, in-game betting, you name it. You can find it over at Bet Online Thursday Night Football tonight between the Bengals and the Dolphins. Get in on the props. Get in on the lines if you wish. And it's on a super easy-to-navigate website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device. We do have a deal for you. Use our promo code BLEAV50. That's bleav five zero. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online. And it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Coffee Day to you. Happy. Man, it's been a minute since I had a coffee. I'm not going to lie. It's been right now. Go ahead. Pop a C4 here. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? I, you're a coffee guy. I, you, you, you're giving it up? What's going on? Here's the, here's the deal. A C4 has contains about six cups of coffee. <laughs> I wish is that I was right? Kidding. Six of them? I don't know. How, probably three. Probably three. Well, what's I don't know the, what's, what's in a what's a standard cup of coffee. Well, what's the rule, Kyle? We don't like to drink our calories. What what is the saying? Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't prefer not to drink my calories. This is zero sugar. Right. So, uh, it's also National Silent Movie Day today, and I'm interested in knowing if any of you have ever consumed a silent movie. I have not. Didn't John Krasinski do one? Well, with a, the a aliens quiet, or I think a quiet place is probably considered a silent movie, but there's probably noise. I just don't think anyone speaks. But yes, a quiet place and a quiet place too, I believe are the movies you're referencing. I've never if, seen um, those. I don't do horror movies. I the only time I do silent movies is if Adam Archuleta is calling a a broadcast. He's <laughs> catching strays right now. That's hurtful, man. It's a Thursday. Don't do that. Don't do things Listen, like that. Listen, I, I didn't forget all the clips from week one. That's all I'm saying. Is a silent movie count like if you're watching all 22? Is that a silent movie? Well, that's not a film. Yes. Dep- well, it depends on what team you're watching because some of it's it not It is film. a film, Chris. It's the definition of film. Okay, then then it's a silent movie then. Have a good time. We all are right. avid silent movie watchers here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I update? Can I Before we get into the show, can I update some some stuff here? I have a very important update for everybody. Sure. Yeah, the, the Mets are one game ahead. Yeah, me, Kyle, I just want to let you know I'm not, I'm not worried. I know you like to check in on me. Not worried about the Braves. As right. long as you're not worried. That's great. Not worried. Because I know the, the, the Mets came back and the Braves lost to the Nationals last right. night. So the the Braves really let me down in this bit here down the stretch. But that's yeah, they're, they're, they Last night was not a good night for you in the bit. Hey, well, congratulations to uh, Aaron Judge for tying seventh place all time on the home run record mm. list. I know it's a really monumental 
monumental night. I'll tell my great grandchildren where I was when seventh place on the home single season home run record was tied. <laughs> Sam Russo texting ridiculous. us about it last night. Absolutely ridiculous. Trying to watch House of Dragon. I'm getting text messages from Sam about Aaron Judge. The Thursday show, gentlemen. Do we Thursday show? I think I got everything out of my system I needed to. Lovely weekly watch list. Big boards. No one cares about your fantasy team. That's the order of the show today. How do we want to? How do we want to go about this weekly watch list shenanigans? I mean, I've got. Start? I've, go ahead. I was just gonna say, do we want to start with college football? Yeah, sure. Okay, you got what? Well, I, I think you've got a very clear day mapped out for you in terms of your primary focus. Where at 12 p.m. Eastern time, number seven Kentucky against number 14 Ole Miss. Then you just wait till 3:30. You get number two Alabama against Arkansas, number 20. Arkansas played them to a seven-point game last year, and at seven o'clock you got two top 10 teams in in uh, NC State and Clemson. I think that's your Saturday. It's mapped out for you. Okay, now Joe. Avid coward, one screen Joe here. Let me tell you what should be on your second screen for each one of these time slots, because Thank I agree you, with Joe. The primary focus in each time slot should be the games that Joe acknowledged. But this is a week where there's some shenanigans going on with some others. You're going to need some other going, screens. Uh, number four, Michigan at Kinnick Stadium to play the Iowa Hawkeyes. Wee woo upset alert. Ooh, you're calling that Michigan uh, by listen, 20. Iowa does this to one ranked team at home every year. All I'm saying is they have a historical track record of bizarro stuff. And I know it's usually the night game, but if if Iowa, I think Iowa can to some degree make test Michigan and what Michigan does well offensively. And then it just becomes like the house of horrors weird game. So I'm not saying that it's actually going to happen. I'm just saying, Michigan, be mindful of where you are playing. And remember that this happens once a year to somebody. So that's the other that's the other screen for noon. Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 16, Baylor at 330. Yes, please. I'll take a little Big 12 action on the second screen. Uh, aside if, of if Alabama, you're watching Arkansas. Big 12, it is, those are the two teams to watch. They play defense. You know what I mean? They're yes. like balanced attacks. They're, they're real teams. They, they are substantial football teams. Uh, and then in the... 7.30 slot, I I got nothing, I'm going to be honest. I don't have anything <laughs> that really moves the needle for me at 7 o'clock. Horns, Horns down, down that's, that's maybe. A, that's, that's a, oh, yeah. 7.30. Yep. Horns down, Horns baby. Down. West Virginia, Texas, I will be watching that game very closely. Uh, I guarantee that won't happen. But uh, And then are we more interested in Arizona State, USC, or Stanford, Oregon in the 10.30, 11 o'clock slate? Stanford, Oregon. Really? I would kind of lean into the other one because I, I like I would want to watch Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. You know, Caleb Williams is like has the longest snap to release of like any power five quarterback. I think I saw statistic wise. Didn't know that. No, that's a good nugget. Yeah. Good nugget. It's a uh, it's a, it's going to be an area of growth that I'm really intrigued to see how he how he continues to grow. And also shout out Washington, number 15, Washington at UCLA tomorrow night at 1030. Not great that it's ten thirty, but <laughs> we'll nevertheless, it, it it's a significant Pac twelve conference game being played tomorrow night that has a pretty substantial amount of NFL talent on the field. 
Can I share the mid-major viewing guide for the weekend for those Utah time State slots? at BYU, Thursday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, no, that was there's we're gonna watch the NFL game tonight. Sorry, college football. You don't start until Friday in, in my world. My apologies. Who are you rooting for? Chris? I am rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals. Piss off. Um, so tomorrow night, Friday, you have two games that I think are worth watching. Tulane, Houston, and San Diego State, Boise mm-hmm. State. Those start within an hour of each other, so you're gonna have to do the two screens there. So just buckle up for that. Uh, in the noon slot, if you're gonna do the third screen, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna take Joe's game, you're gonna take Kyle's game, but you want a third screen like me. Because you just you have three games going on, I'm putting on Temple Memphis. Imagine putting on Temple Memphis ahead of Wake Forest, Florida State. Couldn't be me. Could guys, not the, be me. guys, the bit is a mid-major program. I can't, I, I can't not pick a mid-major game for this. The pick bit, the seven but, o'clock slot. You could have had the, you could have had a number two t- screen. That's not the point. The point is every at every slot, I'm going to pick a mid-major game for everybody to watch. Well, why are you ruining? I didn't do this for you. I didn't. I didn't come in and smash the pieces. You want to know I'm being combative about. because you said you're rooting for the Bengals today. I'm sorry. You're right. Because if if, it, if the Jets are playing, you wouldn't pick. You you would you would be like, yeah, go Jets. If they're playing the you, Bengals, I would root for no, the Jets. You, no, you would not. That's absolutely not true. You have said multiple times that you don't root for any of our happiness when it comes to the AFC East. Mm-hmm. So I'm just giving you back what you do. I'm going for the Dolphins for sure. Fins up, baby. Yeah, my guy. Let's go. See, see in De- see in December, and then see again in the conference championship game. Let's go. Well, maybe not. Maybe you should probably avoid that. That wouldn't be good for one of us. So, with, so with probably so three, me, but so at three thirty at three thirty, <laughs> I'm debating between Miami of Ohio and Buffalo, or CMU and Toledo. That game's on the NFL Network. Oh, CMU Toledo. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find that one, but I will. Wor- I will work my magic to find it. Uh, and then at seven o'clock, let me just Come get on, my dude, schedule. You don't know about crack streams. We are absolutely watching UAB Rice at seven thirty. I think they start at like, yeah, they're part of the seven thirty slot. UAB Rice will be will be on the screen. NFL SMU games. doesn't play till SMU <laughs> doesn't play till Sunday. So I, I, I got yeah, no. I got wait, pushed right. S- SMU plays on Sunday. What time? Yeah, they play so at one o'clock. AM? They play at oh, one o'clock. Florida and Central Florida play at like noon on Sunday. Well, no, SMU plays UCF, so that's going to be kind of hard for Central oh, Florida. Florida plays play somebody at noon on Sunday as well, right? I don't have. Uh, yes, they play. Come on, guys, Eastern, kick the game off at ten o'clock a.m. Let's watch the whole game. No, we're gonna. Watch, there's an international game. It's the uh, Saints and Vikings. Saints, you're Saints, right. Vikings, yeah, I was never gonna watch it anyway. You're just doomed yeah. to not, not be right. watched. So. That's an nine. Perfect. Uh, SMU UCF. Yeah. I gotta watch my guy, my brand guy. So Rashi. Rasheed Rice. So I I, I don't Devere know if I'm Levelson gonna... on the other side. Your SMU Mustangs. That's what they are. The Mustangs, right? Yes, correct. So that, that's the that mid major mid major watching guide for the week. Uh, major major uh, the NFL. <laughs> What's the, the good game? Bills Ravens, right? That's a big one for everybody. Chiefs Bucks. Those got to be the two best games of the weekend, right? Can Can I confess something? Sure. I'm really excited for Jaguars Eagles. That's fair. Oh, yeah, that's great too. Doug uh, Peterson, and that's at one. Game. That's at one o'clock. It's the Doug Peterson revenge game. It's in Philly. Jaguars obviously just got done beating up the Chargers. Philly's steamrolled everybody they've played. This is like a light. I think it's a nice litmus test for both teams. Now yeah. I don't know what kind of peace of mind I'm going to have about either team that wins, but like a chance for a statement game. And like, there's some fun storylines with Doug Peterson coming back to play Philly and Trevor Lawrence and how good he's playing. And I'm irrationally excited for Jaguars Eagles, which if you would have told me that a month ago, I'd have laughed in my own face. 
I, th- I, I would agree with you. And I think if Jacksonville wins that game, that's a big deal. Then, then it's like, okay, the, the hype, the hype takes a step, another step, you know, like, cause I think we all, everyone probably believes that the Eagles are a top three team in the league right now. I would agree, but if you look at the resume, I think that's the the really interesting conflict that does exist with Philadelphia and the, and the teams that they've beaten. The Chargers and the Commander. No, they lost the Commanders. They, they lost beat? the Commanders. The, they beat Colts. the Colts. They blanked 24 them. to nothing. I'm I impressed. Philadelphia. I meant by I'm impressed. Th- I meant Philadelphia. I meant oh, Philadelphia's okay. resume. Right. Oh, so it becomes right. like, okay, like, What's the scale of a Jaguars win if Philadelphia beat Detroit and Washington? And then if they, I cannot for the life of me remember who their third game was. They played, who'd they play in week one? The Detroit, Lions. Really? They beat the Lions. Said I said Detroit, Washington, and I'm missing the middle game. Yeah, we're missing the week two game. Who did they play in week two? I'm looking it up. I, I just, I'm just trying to see if we can get there without it. Ah, yes. They brought the Vikings back down to earth. Oh, of course, of course, and they like shellacked them, twenty-four to seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the Jets game circled for obvious reasons. Zach Wilson's first game it's obviously a big deal. Is that happening? Hey, for Chris, sure? go Jets! That is go that Jets. Is, that is confirmed. I'm rooting that, for the Jets. Th- thanks, I appreciate that. Go, go Bengals. Um, Who are the Jets playing? They play the Steelers in Steelers Pittsburgh. without their starting left tackle. Both of them. Chiefs and Bucks is big. Uh, Joe did not bite on that game at all. <laughs> no, he, he yeah, he's like, all right, Chris. Nobody, I, honestly, Chris, you're the only person that cares about the game. That's not a Steelers or a Jets fan. That's a that's a blow bottom tier NFL game this week. No, I I am particularly interested to see. I need to figure out Pittsburgh. I feel like I've got a pretty good feel on who the Jets are, with the exception of Zach Wilson, because we haven't seen him this year. But like. I got to figure out Pittsburgh and we know our expectations for Pittsburgh are lower than they've, they've been in, in quite some time. But like what happens if the jets come in here and, and beat the Steelers by 10 points? Ah, I think, I think Pittsburgh being that team is a huge deal based on who Pittsburgh has historically been. And like, I don't know that that's outside of the realm of possibility for that to happen. Broncos Raiders, I know the Raiders are 0 3, but that game feels like a big deal in a lot of ways. Raiders are betting favorites in this game? They are. They are two and a half point favorites at home at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, I get you get three for playing at home, but geez Louise, I don't. I mean, I don't in, in fairness, in fairness, do you really like get the warm and fuzzies about the team on the other side of the ball from the Raiders? I don't. So I can understand why you just go, okay, they would normally get three. Let's shave a half a point because the Raiders aren't very good. Yeah, two and a half. That sounds, sounds good to me. I know this is not a betting segment, but I'm kind of inclined to take the Patriots spread. Uh, they're getting nine and a half, I think, currently yes. right now against the Packers. Nine and a half. And so I get that. like Mac Jones probably isn't going to play. I don't know if you guys saw Bill Belichick's latest goofball corny thing day by he doesn't, day. Well, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't check the MRIs. Why would he read by, the MRIs? Day by day. By day. day, by day. What, come on, guys. What do I look like? An orthopedist? Yeah, day by day. Doesn't read the ask, ask the professionals. He does kind of. What do like the team? What do the team professionals say, Bill? Day by day. It's goofy, man. 
Yeah, it's nine and a half still. Nine and a half. I checked with our friends over at Battle Line. But I I feel like, and I know we talked about the Packers in in our staff meeting yesterday. They don't have any math changers offensively. Like Aaron Jones is a really good player. And A.J. Dillon's a really good player at running back. But I think the Patriots at the line of scrimmage defensively are significantly better than what the Packers have shown to this point. And they have the safeties that can play and match up in coverage against A.J. Dillon and against Aaron Jones. So for me, it's kind of like, okay, can the Packers, can, can the Patriots just do anything offensively? And if the answer is yes, like I have a hard time seeing, seeing them getting completely boat raced in this game. Well, the total, the total indicates what you're saying. The total in this game, is the sec, it's the second lowest total of the weekend for, for the NFL. The lowest is the Bears and the Giants, which is 39 and a half. Okay. The Patriots and Packers is 40 and a half. I take the under. But I think Vegas is saying that this game is going to probably be close because you have a spread of nine and a half, but the total is only 40. That means right. they think this game 30 to 10 or it's going to be like 20 to, 20 to 10, 12. like, yeah, you know, 21, 10, like it's good. It's not going to get into the like going up and down shootout style. So I'm kind of I'm kind of inclined to take the Patriots getting the points at nine and a half. I mean, that that's it's a lot of points. You get them plus three sixty on the money line over at our friends over at Online. I uh, I'll tell you what I'm not going to touch the money, the Patriots on the money line with Brian Hoyer starting a quarterback. Okay, just, just saying. No, and I know this isn't no this isn't a betting segment, but I just was just looking through because I put money on Dolphins. I think four and a half is where I got them locked in at, and I saw that nine and a half for that line, and I was like, man, like that's a lot of points for. I just don't think that that the Packers offense is going to have fireworks against the Patriots because they don't have any really dynamic players that's going to challenge what the Patriots do. And it just becomes like disciplined team defense. If you got them at four and a half, you got a, you got a bargain because they're down to three and a half. Dolphins are three, yes. three and a half right now. Yes. So you got a bargain. I know. I know the highest it was at was five and a half at one point. And Kyle, this could be a, this could be a gambling segment. If we want, if we want to talk about picks, we could do that. It's our, it's our show. Uh, listen, we did that whole spiel last year and it, we we're pretty hit or miss, so well, it's college. we it's haven't college. talked. To, we haven't talked Chiefs or Bucks at all, though. Yeah, Joe, I know Joe really wanted to. You and I, Joe tried. You guys want to get through the Patriots <laughs> and Packers and the Steelers and Jets, but Joe, they're really interesting games because of who these teams has historically been versus what we think they are, and now they're showing signs of actually being that. Joe, it's not like we can you not appreciate to talk about a Marvel line? movie. We we talked about another football game. Just wanted to get to Chiefs and Bucks. You know what? Breaking news! Uh, breaking news! I, breaking I news! Mute, we will. I will. I will mute my microphone so you can talk, Joe. Aaron Judge is still tied for seventh all time on the home run record list. Did he have an at bat? It's eleven thirty on Thursday. No, but I'm just I'm just cu- interrupting something oh. compelling to let you know that Aaron Jones still hasn't set any records. Thank you. Um, Did I say Aaron Jones or Aaron Judge? I don't know what you said. I heard Aaron in home runs. <laughs> right, yeah. I got, I, I got what I'm I like, oh, he's just talking about the Packers. I might have said Aaron Jones. <laughs> and I don't want Aaron Jones catching strays for no reason. Let's talk Chiefs Bucks. Let's talk about it. What do you want to talk about, Joe? The defense. I'm interested in Tampa Bay's defense against the Chiefs offense. That obviously the Chiefs had some missed opportunities against the Colts last week. We saw the Chiefs with you know all their weapons in the Super Bowl against Tampa, minus their tackles. Um, and, and the struggles that existed there, this is compelling. And, like, can Tampa score at all? Like, are they going to be able to move the ball? Someone's getting a two and two between these two teams. 
Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, Chris. There's a point zero three. They might tie. Right. They, they might, might tie. tie. Somebody two one and one. I mean that that that's possible. But Super Bowl rematch, big time quarterbacks. Neither necessarily lighting it up of late. Defense, big time in Tampa. Like this is interesting to me. Obviously, Sunday night game. I'll be locked in on it. I I am inclined. <sighs> I am inclined to take Kansas City. I just think Tampa's too beat up right now. Well, and Kansas City has the guys on the D line to affect that that right. situation. Chris Jones like, and Naughty and Karloftis. When I first started my statement, I said I, I want to take the Bucks because I believe the that Tom can play the more patient game at quarterback. And I like that, but then I'm like they're missing all these interior offensive linemen. They're missing all these pass catchers. And obviously they'll get Evans back from suspension and that'll help. But I just, I have a hard time with how banged up they are. Uh, buying in on them in kind of a heavyweight match like this. I, I think Kansas City does get it done on the road. If they can move the ball, <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be interesting. Right. You have to play. You have to play. And that's it's what's really interesting, right? Is that's kind of the, the push right now is well, for supposing teams that have explosive offenses to, to stay patient, right? And it's like if Andy Reid, get in your bag on the screen game. Let's lean into the running game a little bit, just not up the middle, right? Like, please do not run at Vita Vea. <laughs> and I think they, I think if you can get the screen game going outside with some of these shifty guys that you have. You can really horizontally stretch can or stretch Tampa Bay enough that you can get some creases off tackle, but don't run up the middle because Vea is going to manhandle every every blocker you have inside. Fun matchup. Yeah. Yeah. How about Rams and 49ers? I mean, San Francisco has historically done very well in this matchup. Obviously, the Rams won the NFC Championship game last year, but I believe the 49ers won both regular season showcases. Shanahan has had a lot of success against McVay. It's in San Francisco. Um, Jimmy G without Trent Williams. Uh, he's he's going to miss four to six weeks or so with a high ankle sprain versus a Rams team that Obviously, has Aaron Donald, has Jalen Ramsey, but you know you're you're looking for some of these peripheral pieces to stabilize and be difference makers for them. I just think it's for uh, for the dynamics of what the matchup has been the last couple of years between these two teams. Like that being a Monday Night Football game is another one that I think is worth acknowledging. For I think there's some fascinating storylines out of that game too. Feel a little bit better about where the Rams are at in San Francisco right now. So. But do you do do you like either team right now though? No, no. Which is a weird place to be because these were the teams that played in the conference championship game last year, and we're looking at both of them, and they both have significant questions. Yeah. Yep. So, how we'll see how we'll how see. about and I, I know we're getting ready for a segment change here, but the very first game that we mentioned we did not talk about. And it's like the two favorite players to win the MVP this year are playing against each other in Baltimore. Would love to, Joe, hear your thoughts as 
Buffalo looks to, to, to refocus and Baltimore coming off of Lamar Jackson having a historical two-week stretch of playing quarterback. Like, what's Buffalo's health going to look like from some of those players they were missing defensively? And and I know Christian Benford had a hand injury against Miami. So, like, what's their status defensively going in to try to defend Lamar? Well, I think they get Dane Jackson back. So they'll get Dane Jackson back and have Kair Elam opposite of him. And you probably get Jordan Poyer back. The Bills will be more healthy this week than they were against Miami. How about Ed? Uh I don't know. I don't I he's he's iffy right now. Okay. Um so I I don't know if they'll have Oliver, but to me to me this really comes down to the Ravens on defense, right? They they've they've been terrible uh so far. They're giving up 26 points per game, 458 yards per game, and that's against the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots. Like they're giving What's up 300. I think you would, you could acknowledge all three of those teams and not necessarily think of them as offensive juggernauts that would How collectively average 358 yards per game passing. You know what I mean? Uh, to Flacco and Jones, right? Like that's part of this equation. Well, Josh right. Allen's coming to town on Sunday, and you, you have a lot to prove defensively. And you're 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 defensively, you play the type of game where. You're a man coverage team and you blitz. All right. that The Bills would love nothing more for you to play that style against them. And then you look at the Bills defense against the Ravens offense. And obviously Lamar's playing great. I think he should be considered the MVP favorite right now. Um, but I don't think that's been an efficient team. They're not, they've not been good on third downs. Um, they've not run the ball well. And I don't know if, there's enough there to exploit. I mean, I mean, Miami didn't exploit the Bills' shorthanded defense, and I think that they have a lot more going for them in terms of their skill positions. And, and like, I don't think the Ravens have a better offensive line. They're probably starting Daniel Falele at left tackle on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, And I don't think the Bills structurally have to change what they do defensively against Baltimore. They're, they're not a blitz team, right? They're a rush four, drop seven, and they've had success against Lamar defensively in the previous two games that they played. So yeah. I kind of like what the Bills have going into this one, but obviously Lamar is the next factor and they certainly have a path to win the game. So when we talked on Tuesday and we did check the tape and we talked about the coaching effort from Buffalo with McDermott and Frazier, I, I really think about when I talked about how they funneled the field, you know, and, and, and their zone landmarks being appropriate for formations. Like you think about Baltimore playing as much, 22 and 12 and 13 is they're going to play and what you expect some of those formations to look like. And I just think that they're going to do a pretty good job of squeezing the field. So I think the thing that I'm most interested in from Lamar's perspective is, okay, how, how are you going to target outside the numbers, right? Because they're going to try and funnel you into the middle of the field. And we know historically that's where Lamar's had a lot of success throwing the ball. I think if, if they are going to continue to have success offensively, it's going to come down to Lamar hitting some throws outside the numbers as compared to playing into what Buffalo is going to do where they've got these really athletic rangy linebackers in the middle and they're funneling everything into those and testing you to get throws up and down behind them. I legitimately have no idea what the spread in this game is. Do, do either of you have it up? I think it's three. Three or three and a half. And Buffalo is, is a road favorite? It is Buffalo minus three. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. 
All right. That is interesting. What else is interesting is uh, people that Dynamic haven't made sound. the choice. Yeah, if you haven't made the choice to have the Sonos Ray soundbar in your living room uh, because it's phenomenal, you can experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, and games with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. You can breeze through setup with the help of the Sonos app, and you can even use your own remote for control. And then when that TV is off, you can stream music, radio, podcasts, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Baby big boards, right? Am I wrong? Let's go. That is, yeah. that is correct, Joe. That is Baby correct. big boards. That is correct. Today's topic, the top five stadiums that we have been to. Have been to. I'm excited. We get to start with number five. We get to reveal our fives. We we are. Can can we just I, I want to talk about the methodology here. Because yep. I, I I I went into this with the idea of of all the sports I've seen in person, I wanted to encompass all of that. So like I'm heavily skewed to the sport I've seen in person more, but I felt it was important to get representation of other sporting events on the list. That's all I'll say. Idiot. Right, Thank you sorry. for clarifying your methodology. I'm, I am doing all football stadiums. Yeah, I, I did not. So, Mine are all football stadiums, not because I chose for them to all be football stadiums. They just are. Like I've been to Nationals Park and the new Brave Stadium, and I don't know, like they're baseball diamonds. Like I... <laughs> I don't know. They don't move the needle for me. We're starting with number so, five. Number five, the fifth best stadium. Each one of us has respectful, uh, respectively attended. Chris, you have to go first. Sun Devil Stadium, where the Arizona State Sun Devils play, uh, makes the list at number five. It's the only college stadium that I've ever been to, and so I felt important for it to get representation here on the list, so it makes it number five. It's also my alma mater, so it felt important as well. So it's a great college atmosphere is great. That's the only college atmosphere I've been to. So it made the list. It was my f- last off was number six for me. Honorable mention. Sundays. Yeah. Honorable mention. Because Kinnick Stadium, where the Iowa Hawkeyes play, is my number five. I was there for the and, and part of it was the game that I experienced and endured. It was when they knocked off <clears throat> a top five Michigan team a few years back at Kinnick Stadium and Michigan missed the field goal at the end of the game. Just crazy night game environment. And uh, remember being down on the field and, and kind of observing some of the NFL talent that was there for that game. And then obviously the game plays out the way that it does. And it was just, it was a really, really memorable experience. And to, to see Kinnick in, in a night game environment like that was very, very cool. Number five for me, and this is not an amazing stadium in terms of modern architecture and beauty, but I'm putting at number five, Highmark Stadium, where the Buffalo Bills play. Like I said, you're not going to be wowed by anything about the glory of the modern technology or how amazing the um, facility is. But what you do get is a great place to watch a football game. There, every seat in the place is is designed to have good sight lines. And here's my favorite thing about Highmark Stadium. You know what people don't do? They don't get up and go to the bathroom the whole freaking game and go to the concession stands. People get in their seat and they watch a football game. 
You're not spending the whole time standing up and down to get out of the way for people to get through the aisle. And so I appreciate that it's about ball. I don't have to have pools in the end zone or like beer gardens throughout. I got a great place to watch a football game with sight lines with a bunch of people that want to watch a football game. About 90% of the NFL just caught a body there. Yeah, they deserve it. They deserve Pools it. Pools in beer gardens, he said. He said, forget about it. Nah, man. Just give me a give me a seat with a good sight line and a bunch of people that want to watch ball. Okay. So number four. Chris. Well, Joe put his the stadium where his team plays on there. So I decided to put a place where my team plays on here. We got a baseball stadium on the list. City Field at number four for me. This is a a throwback to the history of the game. Feels very polo ground-esque when you walk up to it from the outside, but inside you feel the very modern feel of baseball, the rich history of the game. And uh, listen, it's been a great, it's, it's a great atmosphere to watch a New York sport in uh, at City Field, and there's not a bad seat in the park. I've sat basically everywhere there, and uh, I hope to be making an appearance there later on here in the fall. Hmm. Number four for me. Hard Rock Stadium. That's where the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins play their games. Good place to watch football game. Impressed with the sight lines. It's uh, visually very cool looking inside and outside. Um, the overhangs are really kind of a nice touch for uh, when you're sitting in the stands. Um, thought it was easy to navigate. Uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed my football game watching experience at Hard Rock Stadium very much. Uh, Hard Rock was my second off, so Hard Rock's not oh, on my list. It didn't make the list. It You've did been not to make the list. places than I have, though. So uh, Jerry World is on mine. It's the. Uh, it is, however, the only NFL stadium on my list. Is really? number four Jerry World. Uh, I was there in 2019 for Dolphins Cowboys, and uh, the scale of it all is really impressive, and obviously the screen you hear so much about the screen and uh kind of their 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 game day experience and the lots it was pretty easy to get in and get out of which is something that we cannot say for some other places that we've been to uh you know after the game it gets gets a little chaotic in some places especially at the NFL level but uh I thought uh Jerry World was pretty easy to navigate in that regard so I had an appreciation for that um and yeah, it's a state-of-the-art facility. You could tell that they they really invested in it. it. It's in my opinion, it's everything it's cracked up to be. So I Joe, I do not know if you have Mercedes-Benz on your list, but like that for me is my version of Mercedes-Benz. And I have not been to Mercedes-Benz. So that's why Jerry Roll checks in for me. Number four. Number three. Number, Number three. Th- I got another baseball stadium, gentlemen. There's a theme that you're going to sense here. And part of the reason why this one moves just ahead of City Field where my team plays is the atmosphere around the ballparks. You have the great ballpark inside. And like Joe said, it's at the diamond, right? Everything kind of looks the same on the inside. But you got great food inside and you have a great atmosphere outside in one of the more underrated cities in America. Atlanta? 
Give me Petco Park, San Diego, California. Oh. This is a fantastic place to spend the day. You can go to the beach. You then have the gas lamp district with all those cool restaurants. And then you have a really cool ballpark inside uh, that is a very, it's a party atmosphere. It's a, it's really cool. So that makes number three for me. I have not been to San Diego. Have you, have you ever done um, Camden Yards, Chris? I have, yes. Yo, people what do you think that of that place? experience? They say it's so like a great stadium. I, I went to Cam- Camden as a kid. I haven't been more, you know, recently within probably the last ten years. But when I went as a kid, I loved it. It was it was a great time. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, I haven't been in a while, but yeah, that's a, that's another good one for for baseball. Yep. Number three for me, Bryant Denny Stadium, where the Alabama Crimson Tide play their football games. Um, it's big. I think you know that was my first hundred thousand stadium where you know that many people are there and like. When you realize you go to an NFL venue and it's 70, 75,000, 110, like that's a significant increase in amount of people. Like that's putting, that's putting like two basketball arenas inside of a NFL stadium. I mean, that, that's, that's what you're getting. And you feel that size. Uh, they did some really cool stuff with the lights. Um, obviously people love the tide there. It's a, it's a good atmosphere loud uh when they're singing dixieland delight and and, you know that there's some special things that happen there so uh it's it's massive it's loud and it's it's different it's different than even the -the state-of-the-art nfl facilities you you can't replicate 110,000 people in a college atmosphere number three for me was nyland nayland stadium the volunteers play tennessee volunteers was there for yeah um oh rocky top it was uh kentucky versus tennessee 2012 i think to the 2012 or 2013 not a math guy uh but it's been a minute since i was down there and we went down and uh me and a couple of friends and got to see Cordero patterson and justin hunter and tyler bray and tiny richardson and like this whole gang of Tennessee volunteers football. And um, you, you talk about scale, right? And they, they're um, the, the scale there and kind of the pregame rituals that exist there was enough for me. And, and kind of the other pregame ritual place that I thought about that I did not put on, Joe, I know this is a place that you've been, was, was Virginia Tech. With Enter Sandman and it's cool, but yeah, that's a really cool pregame. But um, I just thought the the scale of, of Tennessee and oh, that that outweighed what Virginia Tech offered, which was a another honorable mention. It was was within that top ten for me. But um, that was uh, that was a fun one because it was a rivalry game too. Smokey is the best live animal dog mascot. Dog mascot, yes. Yeah, dog. Like Uga, okay, you're cool, but you're a bulldog. You don't move. Lassie over there with Texas A&M, I can do without that. Tuffy at NC State's cool. It's a wolf. I was That's waiting for Tuffy. That's pretty freaking awesome. But I don't know, man. Smokey's just what a like a, that hound. Like it just yep. it fits it so well. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on Smokey. Chris, number two. Number two. 
I put a football stadium. I had a college stadium. Now I have an NFL stadium. But it is on here, and I have not been to a football game at this place. I have not been here for a game, but I have been Chris, here you for go other to more events. football games, my guy. I do. I <laughs> we got to get you going to more football games. Arizona Cardinals Stadium. The Cardinals are about two and a half hours away from where I currently live, and my teams never play there, so it's kind of hard. The Cardinals are two and a half hours no, away from you? No, that's it's a, a little egregious. It would take you me probably about it. It would, the daylights it, out of me. It would probably take me a little over an hour, hour and 15 minutes. Whoa. from my current place to get there. Whoa. Allegiant Stadium. And folks, there is something about when you are staying down on the strip in Las Vegas and you're going to something at Allegiant Stadium and you walk across the bridge and you come up upon this. And it, it is true. It is the Death Star just there plopped down in the middle of Vegas. And you just walk up to this behemoth of a place and it, you can't see inside of it. It is all just enclosed in on itself. And you walk inside modern check can see everything from where you're sitting. Check. It is just, it's open. It feels open Why, air. DJ. Like even though you're in a dome, it, it's just, it is such a cool place to see something. And I, yeah, Joe would probably not like it because it's got like craziness going on. Uh, but yes, the Legion stadium for me, number two on the list. Uh, number two for me, SoFi Stadium, uh, where the Rams and Chargers play. Great venue. Um, the reason it's not number one is because they're really assuming with your ability to navigate this stadium. God, oh Kyle, my God. Kyle's a damn Eagle Scout, all right? This guy knows how to get around with a compass, right? We couldn't find our damn way around friggin' SoFi Stadium, I'll tell you that, in the concourse. It's just, there's, there's just no good visual cues and and it wasn't just kyle we have four reasonably smart people i guess three reasonably smart people and me trying to figure out where to go and we struggled um i think it might be a little bit too high you know like if you're sitting way up in sofi stadium man that's probably a tough that's probably a tough sight line to like to see because it's so small but and you don't really expect that it's dug into the ground like that either yeah but like that's really what threw off because we were what were we, 300 level? 500 level, level? Yeah. No, we were so three. We're th- we went up to five. So, right. So we're 300 level, and we're like, okay, well, we got to go up from here. And there's no signage. <laughs> None. <laughs> to tell you, it's, it's just like None. the escalator with the number that points like this way or like left or right. Figure and that's it, it. And so we get up to 500, and we're looking around. It's like 500 level. Well, we just came in on ground level, and it told us we had to go up. Well, it turned out it meant just like go through these little open air and i use that with Slight air quotes ramp. corridors yeah yeah, yeah. and then beautiful. and then yeah. trying to trying to get out of there's a nightmare it's beautiful it's you know the video boards this the, the, all of it's great mm-hmm. but i think nosebleeds and sofa is not a place you want to be and there's nosebleeds that are perfectly fine in the nfl they ain't at sofa and then just the navigation process was what keeps it at two and not one for me Interesting to me that this is the most criticism Joe has levied to any stadium on his list that he has at number two. two. Well, it's well, I think it speaks cool. to the the, 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 the yeah. scale of of the actual <laughs> yeah. stadium is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that that was the tiebreaker for me with that and Jerry World was it was like logistics type stuff. Yeah. They're both beautiful places to catch a game, but uh number two for me was Beaver Stadium. Uh Penn State plays here. They do the whiteout when they get a good team in town and I talked about the the game day uh, experience at, at Kinnick with the the blackout, and I talked about Nayland Stadium with the the pregame kind of pomp and circumstance that exists, and, and Beaver Stadium is a blend 
of all of that. And uh, Joe, you talked about a hundred thousand plus Beaver fits that. And um, they have very, very passionate fans that, that exist in happy Valley for their football team. And when they're good and a whiteouts in and they're playing another top 10 team, uh, the, the consistency of those experiences really stands out. Now it's, it's kind of cool. It's up on a hill. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the tailgate experience is pretty easy. It's pretty fun to get set up there and, and get ready for a football game. So, uh, I would say wire to wire, uh, Beaver stadium is probably my favorite experience, but I had an individual game experience elsewhere that, that prompted me to go in a different direction at number one. I'm, number I'm one. over here trying to wonder what Kyle's number one is. I think I might know what it is, but I'm a little confused. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Number one for me, it's another baseball stadium. It is by far the best atmosphere that I have ever had watching a baseball game. Not a bad seat in the house. Also, the amazing views. If you are sitting behind home plate and you're able to look out, you see Allegheny River. You see the entire Pittsburgh skyline. You see the bridges. PNC Park, where the Pittsburgh Pirates play. The team's not very good, but do yourself a favor. If you're a baseball fan, that is a place you have to go see if you have not seen it before. Just in a the views are absolutely incredible when you are there. It almost distracts from the baseball game. You're watching a baseball game and you just look up and boom, there's just everything there. It is a really cool uh, optic and a really cool look. That's number one for me. I think I can honestly say that the Pittsburgh Pirates are a team that have never been good in my life. They had like two that's two competitive they, they had like two competitive years like in the past ten. Well they had they had Garrett Cole, they had Andrew McCutcheon, they had Starling Marte, they had Neil Walker, they had all those teams back in the mid two thousand tens that were really good. Right. How many times For like the Pittsburgh two years. Pirates made the playoffs since nineteen eighty six when I was born? All right, hold on. Since nineteen eighty six since you were born? Yeah. All right, hold on here. While, while I, I do this un, under five. I'm gonna guess it's under five. So since nineteen eighty six. Um, it's six times. They've made the playoffs six times. Yeah, and it was 90, 91, 92, and then nothing until 2013, and then they were 2013, 2014, 2015, and they lost in the wild card round in 14 and 15. I, I feel Despite like... Despite when... Oh, they won 98 games and lost in the wild card round in 2015. That's why I can't I invest I, in baseball, I, folks. Pirates are here catching strays for no reason. I think like when I, I said they were good in... I think when I said they are good in the mid 2010s, I feel like I hit that right on the nose. No, you were right. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, uh, number one for me, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Atlanta. Um, I've I've had of course, of course. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I, I it's super cool looking on the outside. Um, but I've had I've been to like three games as like a fan there, and I've also been to like three games in the press box. Both experiences are awesome, easy to navigate, beautiful views. Um, modern you get the the ring whatever that ring video board is at the top it's really cool i love that you can open the stadium if you want to so it can be open air in addition to being enclosed i, I mean i think it's it's the pinnacle of, of stadiums for me even above sofi because of navigability and you know what's stupid about sofi that's not they don't have the air that's not climate controlled it's not like there's no heating or air you know, if it's hot like it was when we were there, it's hot and you're inside. Right. So right. They think that they have some type of uh, engineering that can affect the breeze of the ocean to allow it to cool and maintain a 70 degree temperature. Well, folks, it wasn't no friggin' 70 degrees when we were there on Sunday night or Thursday night not. to start the year. Right. It so was uh, approximately 92. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's warm. 
Joe, what do you think number one is here? Uh, I've been I've been wondering. I, th- I I I'm leaning towards Lucas Oil. I'm leaning because t- I remember when you were there. You <laughs> wait. I, you might not want me to say this. You said something to me in a text message that uh, I thought was funny. That leads me to believe that this is why it's your choice. I don't. I honestly don't remember what this was. So I'm going to roll the dice and. So you can go ahead and say it, and then Chris okay. might just have to, have to have to remove this. So wait, so folks, if if after what's going to happen here, if after I talk you don't hear anything, and we jump to the next segment, you will understand you know. what happened here. You know, you know what happened. I, you went there for the Big Ten championship game, and you texted me, and you said the Indianapolis Colts don't deserve a stadium this nice. <laughs> it's true. What you said, so I thought maybe this would be the reason. And you already went through Jerry World, and and uh, it's gonna be the West Virginia State. What are you gonna pick here, Brian Denny? Oh, LSU, Bama. Come on, twenty nineteen, Tua Joe Burrow, the fireworks of that game. To this day, is the most entertaining, memorable football game that I have sat down in attendance live in person. Just the punch, counterpunch, LSU going up big, two throwing the interception before halftime to Patrick Queen, kind of the gut punch. Alabama claws back into this thing. The start of the fourth quarter with the light show that Joe's talking about and just how alive the crowd was. 110,000 people, you feel it shake, like the whole stadium shakes. And then Joe Burrow does magical stuff to put that game on ice. And then Tua comes back every time and throws a, a haymaker and obviously the long touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. And incredible game, incredible environment, SEC stadium. They say it just means more. And and you know, for all of the marbles that they played on there, that which could have very easily been a national championship caliber showcase, um, that is such a large impression on me that I could not, pick that stadium because of how the the scale of it and then the game I experienced in it. No one cares about your fantasy team, folks. We got some players we got to talk about here really quickly to close the show. So do we want to prioritize one and invest in, in the one? I know we had like a short list of four names. We, we did. And we it's tough because we all brought a individual name to the table. That we I'll really leave mine. I'm, I'm dropping mine out. Uh, then I will no also draw a line out because I think the one Joe brought up is one that I really would think uh, is there a good discussion point. So, Joe, you want to tell everybody about DJ Moore? Yeah, wide receiver Carolina Panthers. And one thing about DJ Moore is that he's been quarterback proof, right? Like throughout his NFL career and his college career. If you guys remember his last year at Maryland, he was the only 1,000-yard receiver in the Big Ten. And Maryland played at least three different starting quarterbacks. I know they were down to their th- third quarterback relatively early. It was in, in the first season. game. Was it? Yeah, I, and I didn't yeah. want to get my details wrong, but it was pretty yeah. quick. So, and you're talking about third quarterback at Maryland, right? Like not, not, no school in the country has three quarterbacks that can play in college. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to be like digging on Maryland there, but let's face it. Um, so he's always been productive and obviously the skill set, he's off to a very historical pace actually with his production, but so far this year with Baker Mayfield and Ben McAdoo, um, it hasn't been there, uh, to, to start this year. And, and so I think a lot of people are wondering about DJ Moore and their fantasy team and, and what type of player he's going to be. And I'll be honest with you. I, I, DJ Moore is obviously a phenomenal talent and he's, he's going to produce more than he has, but 
I do have concerns about it actually coming around to where people want it to be. And it really comes back to two things. It comes back to Baker and the circumstances surrounding him being there. And it does come back to Ben McAdoo and, and Baker, you know, when you watch him play, he looks like a quarterback that hasn't been on the, t- on the team for very long. He, he does, right? Like th- he gets to Carolina mid July. He's in a competition with Sam Darnold splitting reps for all of camp basically and into the preseason. And he's just not a guy that has a lot of time on task or timing or chemistry built in with these players. And you could tell he's playing the game right now just to not lose it for Carolina. And they're trying to give him some schemed and, and, you know, manufactured throws, which he's taking, but anything where he's going to have to do a five or seven step drop and, and exhaust a progression and, you know, read it and rip it. That's just not what Baker's giving you right now. And I'm not sure that's going to get there just based on the circumstances that surrounded him when he came over. And so, um, it's just I I don't I don't like I don't like the trajectory here for for DJ Moore and it, it, it's probably going to be a down year for him but long term I think he's going to be fine it's just this offense with Ben McAdoo and the architecture of it and, and Baker and this the dynamics surrounding him being in town is really going to take away from from what DJ Moore can produce this year well and I think we we talked about this you and I did yesterday Joe but you you really think about how they're running their offense and you hold that up against what Baker Mayfield has historically been when he's been a yeah. successful player. And never mind the fact that he's new to the system and he's just learning it. And Carolina flushed a bunch of valuable reps down the toilet by having a faux quarterback competition for two year, two weeks of camp. It's it. None of it aligns with what Baker has historically done well. So now it's like, okay, like even when he gets settled in, like is he going to have the comfort level to execute this offense at a high level? Probably not. And that in turn kind of further implicates the production of DJ Moore as a player, regardless of how good that he is. And what's worrisome with that is now it's like, okay, like teams might not even have to properly respect DJ Moore as a matchup because they know the synchrony of the offense is not going to be there. Mm -hmm. So like now you start worrying, well, is this thing going to snowball where like DJ Moore can still be open, but it's just, it's, it's never going to click this year. And I think that's what I'm most scared about for DJ. So now it's, do you just put some throws on the script form for the opening script? And then you scheme him touches. And like, is that what he's relegated to for the majority of this season? And if he is, it's probably a player you'd want to fade if you have the chance, despite the fact that long term he, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, you're just not you're not seeing the spread them out type stuff that Baker's thrived in in the past, and it's a lot of tight alignments, bunch sets, uh, trying to get leakers and, and guys open in, in the flats and make it easy for Baker. Where you know DJ's a guy that can win routes down the field, and he's not getting a chance to to produce in that capacity. And the cruel irony is. By trying to make it easy for Baker, you're probably making it harder for Baker because Baker, when he sees the field's best, is when the field's yeah. been spread. <laughs> That's the world we live in uh, with this Carolina Panthers offense. Here's here's your sign. So, here's your sign to hit subscribe on the pod and come back and see us again tomorrow. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, Sam Russo, putting a bow on draft dudes. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Have a great Thursday. Enjoy the game tonight. We look forward to talking to you all again tomorrow. 
Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.